Welcome to Conversations from the Edge of Consciousness. I'm your host, Christine Madeira. For me, and possibly for you, the inner world of consciousness has always been much more real and way more fun than the so-called real material world. Growing up, I thought I was alone in this, but I'm not. There are a lot of us, and far too many have no one to talk to who shares this experience. I've been lucky to cultivate a community of friends who love to talk about the energies, ideas, and vibrations that are pushing the edges of our own consciousness, as well as our collective consciousness. In Conversations from the Edge, we share our conversations with you. Welcome to Conversations from the Edge. This is your host, Christine Madeira, and I am here again today with Jana Romer, who has synthesized her two great loves, astrology and yoga nidra, into her very own Astro Nidras, which is a combination of deep body meditation that allows the mind to stay fully aware so that you can really begin to open up to all the multitude of transformation that's available to us. So Jana believes that if we could add one thing to your existence, it would be that you long to listen so that you hear every single cell of your body through multiple portals of perception in each moment. And she's actually taken this a step further, which is what we're going to talk about today in how to really listen to astrology as it moves through the body and how the body and the astrology are connected. So I'm really excited to have this conversation. Welcome, Jana. It's great to talk to you again. Mm, thank you so much for having me. All right. Is there anything that you want to add to that so that um, that you want people to know about you today? Well, I think it's important for people to understand that the what I share comes through my own experience with it. One of my life uh, experiences, consistent life experiences, is that I have sort of a mystical experience first, and then I go mm -hmm. seek the understanding afterwards. Like I mm -hmm. look afterwards to make sense of it. And so this information that we're going to talk about today with how astrology lives in the body, I only speak to the, to the understanding that I have through my own body experience. I say a lot to, to in my own life that I don't go to a practitioner who has learned something and stuck with what they've learned. Like mm -hmm. to me, really being who you are in the world and bringing your particular genius forward in the world is that investigator process. And I do the same thing of where you have your own experience and then you let that experience be your authority. And then you begin to investigate what supports that experience. And you bring that forward as something new and different and exciting in the world. It's kind of that exciting process of creating from experience rather than by studying and getting certified by somebody and just continuing to you know, do that same certification or that same energy uh, again and again and again. It gets very stale and old. So I'm really happy that you do that. And I'm really excited to hear how you bring together astrology and the body. So where, where do we start with that? I think we should start by demystifying the complexity of astrology. <laughs> okay. Sounds good. So, yeah. Cause a lot of times, first of all, when we, when we look at interpreting and understanding astrology from all of the different combinations of what's happening in the sky right now, that is very complex. Mm -hmm. But if you look at the component parts that make up that complexity, it's really, really simple. 
And what we're doing as astrologers is we're getting really good at understanding the individual pieces. Mm-hmm. And then we get really good at understanding the logic and the, the, the rhythm and the logic, like the combinations. And then we synthesize it together. And that's where the magic okay. comes in. But for people that are listening and want to start understanding astrology, um, just the parts are actually really simple to understand. And today our focus or what we're going to talk about is where it lives in the body. And I want to make this as simple to remember as possible. Okay. So, (laughs) so in astrology, we look at the new year as Aries, the beginning of Aries season, which is the spring Mm -hmm. equinox. And Mm -hmm. that goes all the way around till the end of Pisces season, which is, you know, Aries would be the birth and then Pisces season would be the death if we're looking at a life cycle. Okay. And when you're trying to understand how it lives in the body, Aries lives in your head and Pisces lives in your feet. And so as we go through the Zodiac, it's just a journey from your head to your toes. (laughs) Oh, I like that. Yeah. So if you can remember that as a starting point, then, Mm -hmm. um, and then there's like a little hack. The first six signs are all about me, right? Mm -hmm. It's all about me and who am I and like, who am I and what are my, what, what's my value and what's my message here and what's my community? I guess that would be we, but, and Mm -hmm. then how do I need love? And then how do I express my love? And then how do I be my best self? Those are the first six signs. Okay. Okay. And I'll go over that again, but then when we get to Libra, which is the first time we introduce the, we, we introduce the other and Libra is the sign of relationships Mm -hmm. in the body. It's the kidneys. And we have two. We've got one kidney on either side. And so the Mm -hmm. kidneys become like the scales. And so uh, as we go through, I just wanted to kind of mark, you know, the head and then the kidneys and then the feet as these kind of three anchor points. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Okay. Well, I'm already much more oriented than I was five minutes ago. So excellent. So Aries, which is the baby of the Zodiac, Mm -hmm. it's the trailblazer and it's the sign that really helps us define who am I? And like I said, it starts in the head, the face, the brain, the eyes, and the muscles of the body. So it goes beyond just the face. Okay. But yeah. And, and I love that because oftentimes when we look at who am I, what are we doing? We're looking in the mirror. We're like mm-hmm. looking at our face in the mirror. It's the thing we see every day. It's the face is often the place that people put so much attention on, like women adding makeup and, you know, like the face is really, we, it's how we look into the world. Like our eyes are our mm-hmm. gateways to the soul. And so this question of who am I and being the infant where the infant is so pure, you know, the infant is mm-hmm. not uh, jaded by life yet. <laughs> and the infant, other than the influence of uh, the mother, well, in utero, the infant is not thinking what anybody else thinks of them, you know? Right. Yeah. And so it's this really pure expression of who I am when I'm an infant. <laughs> Okay. So when you say like the face and the head and the body, and that, that is the, the Aries energy. So how do, how do we experience it in those places? Or is it more just a representation of those? Or do we actually experience the flow of that energy through those, those parts of our body? We actually experience the flow of it through our body. Wow. I mean, all of them go deeper. Aries also rules 
adrenaline. Hmm. And okay. the, the ruling planet is Mars. And so, you know, we, we talked about in the first episode that you had me on how Mars is the planet of war and, and uh-huh. adrenaline. And so it all goes deeper. But like, if you think of the face, you can get really metaphorical with this, like a face off with yourself or a face off with somebody else or the eyes, like how much do the eyes express who I am? And, you know, when we're in conversation with somebody, you can see somebody's authenticity through their eyes you can see oftentimes if someone's faking it or if Mm -hmm. they're real in their eyes and you think of the it is the muscles of the whole body although the muscles do get chunked out into different signs but as a whole it's the muscles even just the muscles of the face you know you can't really hide your joy (laughs) so good I mean poker players sure but you can't really hide it your face is going to show so much expression and who you are in any given moment if you watch your friends they give so much information through their facial expressions they do and I have found uh, in the last six months or so I do TRE which is that tremor release exercise or tension release exercise and it tremors in the body to release tension but I've noticed that a lot of that has moved into the muscles of my face that when I relax and I allow them to they're tremoring out old emotion and, and usually it's adrenaline in fight flight that has not been allowed to complete the cycle. Like we, you know, we, we get into fight flight, we shut it down and it's locked itself in the body. And so it does that when you release it through the muscles, you release it through um, like tremoring, which gets us interestingly out of the head, but I've been noticing how much has been tremoring in my face. And so it makes me think of how much tension we actually hold in our face and our view of ourselves and what we present in the world through the face. Absolutely. And to, you know, another sister practice of that is the EMDR where the eyes, you know, the, yeah. the, the eye movement and you're releasing so much trauma mm-hmm. in history through the eyes. Okay, great. <laughs> and then if we go to the next sign, it's Taurus and Taurus is, um, it's ruled by Venus and Taurus mm-hmm. as an archetype is very, it likes to luxuriate. Taurus mm-hmm. likes you know, life force burns slower in Taurus. They Mm. like to indulge. They like to relax. Taurus is very much about the home and Mm -hmm. it lives in the five senses, but it also lives in the nose. So Mm -hmm. it lives in the five senses, including the ears, the nose, and then the neck and the throat. And if you, if you think about that luxuriating and that indulgence, a lot of times people with strong Taurus, and so when I say strong sign, that means your sun, your moon, or your rising, or mm-hmm. if you have three or more planets in that sign. Okay. And so people with strong Taurus in their chart, they often will sniff their partners out. <laughs> you know, they're like, they can tell their partner by their scent, you know, or, or, um, their experience through their senses is their yes no radar so whether it's the texture of the couch that you're sitting on or the texture of the sheets on their bed or the smell of a home or Taurus tends to be very good with food if they don't know they're incredible chefs, it's a hidden secret waiting for them to discover within themselves. <laughs> Interesting. So, you know, I'm, I'm a Taurus North node. I smell the sense of people when I'm you know, around them. And there are scents that are, and this is not like perfume scents. This is this body sense. 
and I like I'm drawn to them or averse to them based on that scent and I used to have a friend and he'd wear a lot of cologne or whatever and he'd be like oh do you like this cologne I'm like no I mean because I can't smell you and you smell good but with that cologne, I can't, like, it like disrupts my whole way of understanding you. Um, so I, I really understand that Taurus and how it is sensory, like how much the sensory system um, is, is important for us to understand our world and ourselves. So, oh, it's interesting yeah. to know. Yeah, it helps, it helps Taurus uh, archetype to understand their relationships. Like is uh-huh. a relationship a yes or a no? And, mm-hmm. you know, my, my husband's a Taurus son, conjunct Jupiter. Mm-hmm. And when he, when he and I met, <clears throat> he actually said he could tell I was his woman. First of all, he fell in love at first sight. It was like a deep remembrance, <laughs> but he also, he, it was my smell. And then uh-huh. when he realized that, because he hadn't recognized that in, in himself before, he reflected too, that in a relationship that had gone sour years previous to us, mm-hmm. um, he couldn't stand her smell. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You know, yeah. and he's like, oh, if I would have just known that about myself, I could have saved myself the headache of that, like, relationship that went bad. Yep. And I've heard, I've talked to friends about that. They're like, yeah, well, I really like this guy, but I just don't really like the smell. I'm like, then it's never going to work. Like, yeah, you can't get over the smell. It's just, it's part of, it's part of who they are. You know, it's exactly. not like you can mask that. It's just a, it's just an incompatibility on that really primal level. Yeah. And one other thing to mention as we get started so that people don't zone out until they hear their sign Mm. is that we all have the signs somewhere in our chart. And so by understanding where it lives in the body, it actually helps you to understand that archetype within yourself. So just because you're not a, you know, a a Taurus North Node or a Taurus Sun or whatever, um, maybe instead look at where you are more sensitive to smell or aren't and you can develop mm-hmm. that within yourself to understand another aspect of yourself so yes totally true and and oftentimes people think about their sun sign like their birth sign but not about all the other places that that taurus or, or any sign can be but your your moon sign is really important your rising sign is really important and there's a lot of different signs that are important that aren't just the one that we think about exactly Okay, so let's keep moving. We have okay. Gemini, Gemini next. And Gemini, I like to think of Gemini as the little kid that's, you know, four, three, probably four or five years old that's always asked the question, why? Why? Mm. Why? 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 You know, so I said that Aries is the baby mm-hmm. and then Taurus is the senses. And if you watch a little kid, like what are they doing? They literally take everything and they put it in their mouth yeah, and they smell totally. it and they you know, they're just like fully immersed in their senses. So presence is online constantly. And then Gemini, it's a mutable air sign that is always asking the question, why? And in the body, it lives in the lungs, the voice box, your Hmm. arms and fingers. And it does work in part of the nervous system as well. And so this one I find to be really interesting because now the curiosity of the like being able to vocalize mm-hmm. and our breath itself and how our breath our breath changes with our emotional experiences. Yeah. And so and, and it's the higher and lower mind. So I think of it like the angel and the devil on the shoulder. Mm-hmm. But for a Gemini, they can't just know that they should listen to the angel. They need to explore through their their ex- like voice and their hands and their arms and it, it, like 
feel it for themselves. They, they're going to listen to the devil and the angel <laughs> to get uh-huh. to know all of it for themselves. So that curiosity oh. is really like where Gemini lives. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. And then the nervous system, the nervous system, I'll bring up a few different times. A sensitive Gemini will read alignment or yes or no's through their nervous system. More specifically, it's the peripheral nervous system. So that's, you know, okay. the, you know, if we just go back to the arms and the hand and the fingers, you know, it's like how we're reaching into the world and how you're getting that information there. Okay. So would people who experience where when something is a big yes, they get like the the hair of their arms standing up? Is that an expression of what that would be through the Gemini? That could definitely be a Gemini thing, but I wouldn't say it's exclusive to Gemini okay. at all. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And if you look at one of the things um, that I utilize and activate within the practice of my astronauts is the, do you know what the homogeneous man is or homonucleus no. man is? Mm-mm. So they've made a, um, a visual representation of the nervous system or the brain mapping in the body. Mm-hmm. And what they do is they, they distort the shape of the human body to show how much gray matter in the brain is dedicated to each area of the body. Oh my gosh. It's really cool. Yeah. <laughs> um, and the hands are massive. So the face, the nose, the tongue, the mouth, and the hands and the genitals are the biggest parts. So it's where we have the most sensory awareness. And so we get so much information of the external world through our fingers and our hands. Uh-huh. And so that's more what I would say is the Gemini, like okay. this tactile, like I need to touch everything. You think of that kid, like, mm-hmm. geez, I have a six-year-old and he's starting to shift a little bit, but like, you just needs to touch everything and pick up everything and look at everything. And like, you know, that's <laughs> Gemini. Yeah. Very tactile experience. And they, they okay. need to learn the lessons on their own. I mean, everybody does, but especially Gemini's. Okay. Cool. And then we move to cancer, which is the next sign. And cancer is it's a water sign and this is the um the belly and the breasts and so obviously it doesn't it's uh it doesn't matter if you're living in a female gendered body body or a male gender or uh sex i should say sex body instead gender Mm -hmm. is more fluid than that but the it the cancer archetype will live in the belly and the chest or or the breasts regardless of uh gender and it is as an archetype, it's the divine mother. But what I think of this, if we stay in the life cycle, it's how we need to be mothered, like how we need to be loved and how we need to be cared for. And if you take it back to an actual mother, she grows the baby in her womb mm-hmm. and then feeds the baby from her breast. And so this is easy to remember in that way because it's cardinal water. So it's the first water, like this amniotic fluid water where all mm-hmm. life begins. And then it's the water of the milk that our body creates to nourish these new little humans that we're welcoming. Wow. And Yeah. And, and the other thing about cancer that is also easy to remember is that it is the is, um, crab. And mm-hmm. a crab, I like to think of a hermit crab, um, where the crab itself is really vulnerable, but it finds a shell to make a home. Mm-hmm. And that shell becomes the boundary that creates safety in order to allow for the emotional vulnerability that gets processed in cancer. 
And so it's a, the water signs are more emotional and this, this boundary is necessary. And so the job or, or the structure that is necessary for cancer to, to be embodied fully is that you have a safe home in order to be vulnerable, or you have a safe uh, boundary in order to allow yourself to experience your emotions. All right. That makes perfect sense. Right. I'm married to a cancer. So, you know, <laughs> oh, so, you know, <laughs> I do know. Yeah. Um, all right. Perfect. I get that. Yeah. And then if we keep going into Leo and I love Leo's mm-hmm. Leo, I mean, I love them all, but Leo lives in the heart and the spine. And if you know a Leo, you know, they are like just such lovers. They have such a zest for life. They want to play. They're very creative in their expression and romantic. And they love to entertain and be the center of attention. And they love this, this center of attention so much that obviously your heart is the center of the joy, like blood is the joy of life, you know, if we're looking at conscious anatomy. And so it's like, can I sit tall in my spine? So I have that pride of the lion, the Leo, Mm -hmm. the lion, that my heart has a safe place to express itself. And the expression of the heart, we'll talk about more in Aquarius, um, because that's the polar opposite sign of Leo. Aquarius circulates the blood, it's the circulatory system, but the center of it all is the heart. Yeah, that loving expression. It's how do I express my loving creativity? Well, and the contrast, I guess, of the strong spine, of having to be strong enough to have a soft heart. And I think sometimes we think about the strength of shutting down the heart and that if you have an open heart, you know, you're not strong enough. But Mm -hmm. that's true that you really need and you really need strength to have that open heart. Um, and there's so much of, of back pain around people who have heart issues, like not like physical heart issues, but love issues or, you know, closed heartedness or pain and grief and disruptions in the energetic heart, that that seems to be one of the things that people who have back problems um, have in common. I mean, if everybody who's listening right now, if you just slouched your spine, like if you just slouched mm-hmm. down. How, how does your heart feel? Yeah. <laughs> you know, you're like it's all hmm. constricted. Yeah. And then just pick up your spine and sit up tall and now feel your heart. It's so much easier for it to express itself. And so, yeah, they definitely go together very okay. much so. And then, you know, when we, when we go into more depth down the road, um, mm-hmm. I'll start bringing the signs together and how they work and, and more depth into it. But when you start to break down that heart spine relationship, it's, amazing it's absolutely amazing things things to look forward to yeah so then the next sign is virgo and virgo like i mentioned briefly in the beginning it's how do we be our best self virgo you know is kind of a perfectionist they pay attention to all of the details but virgos as much as they will never show you their imperfections unless they really really trust you Mm -hmm. they are very fragile because the the they live in the digestive system. And again, oh. now we see the nervous system. Mm-hmm. And now what we're seeing in the nervous system is the autonomic nervous system. Mm-hmm. And this perfectionism that the Virgo archetype holds externally is often masking uh, a lot of self-criticism or, mm-hmm. or um, like self-doubt. And if we look at how that works in the digestive system, and this, I, I, I want to make a little call out to all the Virgos that are listening or Virgo moon, sun or rising or strong Virgo in your chart is how does your colon speak to you? So our digestive system is 
from the mouth to the anus, but especially, especially the colon here, we're talking about the colon quite a bit. And if we look at our digestion, if somebody, let's say a dysfunction in Virgo, in the Virgo archetype will be irritable bowel syndrome. Mm-hmm. And on the flip side, somebody with strong Virgo may actually be getting communicated a lot of their intuition through their colon. And so where irritable bowel syndrome is being diagnosed and medicated, what we can actually do with it is start to work with it as, wait, is my body telling me something right now? Mm. And I speak to this from my own experience. I have a Virgo stellium. So my moon and my rising along with five planets (laughs) live in Virgo. So I have a lot of Virgo energy and I used to have a little bit of IBS and it really flared up one time when I was in a relationship that was really, really horrible for me. And like he would text or call and I would immediately have to run to the bathroom and deal with myself before I could deal with him. But he was fun. He was exciting. He had a lot of money and he had all the toys and he was always like shows. (laughs) And, you know, it was, he was just like, I called him big. You know, if you watch sex in the city, Uh yeah, (laughs) I called him big. He was my big, Oh my gosh. Um, but he was so bad for me. And all of a sudden I had this IBS and I was, I was so confused. Like, why do I always have this IBS now? And as I got to know myself better, looking back, I realized my intuition was like, stay away from this manipulative (laughs) jerk, you know? And, um, and now what I've noticed when I'm teaching, let's say I'm teaching in a group, Uh I get a lot of information. Like if I'm, if I'm, let's say in a a week long training, if the group isn't getting it and they're stuck, Mm -hmm. my colon will hold on. So I'll slow right down. And if people are, it's just going in one year, not the other, my, uh-huh. um, my um, colon will speed up. And if uh-huh. everything is going nice and smoothly, I have a really nice smooth um, experience with my bowel, which may be way too much information for people. But I bet you, if you started to look at this in your life, you might actually see your, the reflection for that for yourself as well. And the colon is a huge communicator of, are we showing up as our best self? I know for me, when I am processing something Mm. like that, I hold on. And once that has released, like once it's found its new homeostasis or, or I've kind of come to whatever I need to do to process something, everything goes back to normal with my, with my bowel movement. So I can tell like where I'm, how I'm doing when it comes to processing life and, and things based on those things as well. So I think there's a lot more information there than what um, people have ever given any kind of thought to. Well, and Virgo also rules our daily routines and rituals and the rhythm of our life. And like, Mm. what's more rhythmic than your digestive system, you know, like that is a rhythm. And when we're out of rhythm, it affects everything. And so we can look at it like, sure, I need to add more flax to my diet, or we could look at it like, where am I out of rhythm with my natural flow in life? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then we switch. So now we've gone over the first six and then the second six are more about you in relationship to other. And so Libra, like I mentioned, it lived, lives in the kidneys and it's Mm -hmm. the two, but it also lives in the diaphragm and the navel and Libra itself is all about partnership, whether it's marriage or legal partnerships or mediation or counsel. Mm -hmm. It's also about social justice. Mm -hmm. And I love that. I love that the diaphragm is in there with the social justice piece, because, you know, we sometimes need to use our diaphragm to get more of our voice out Mm -hmm. and Libra also is the opposite sign of Aries and 
we always come into balance with the two of these and the kidneys are connected to the eyes, right? And so it's, I, I just find these tie-ins to be so interesting. And then if we keep going to Scorpio, Scorpio, I mean, Scorpio, talk about a sign that I love. My two boys, I have two sons. They're both Scorpios. One is a quadruple Scorpio and Scorpio is like the most loyal sign of the Zodiac, but it's also Uh where we go into the underworld and the, all the Uh uncomfortable things, you know, like death, transformation, divorce, addiction, other people's money, you know, like that's all the realm of Scorpio and secrets, you know, and where does it live? It lives in the sex organs, the sex, sex fluids and the cerebral spinal fluid. Oh, that's interesting. Cause I'm big Scorpio too. I think I've got, I had a, a friend of mine who's an astrologer who said I was the most Scorpio person she'd ever read because I had it in multiple places, plus my North or my South node and all kinds of stuff. But I, I know for me, like the hips are always like, that's what holds the tension in my body. Um, so I get that, but I'd never heard the cerebral spinal fluid before. Well, if you think of the cerebral spinal fluid and sex, for example, Mm -hmm. and it's the sex organs, if we're looking at like a tantric style, like um, withholding ejaculation in the man, Mm -hmm. what happens is is they, they, in, in the tantric sexuality work, what they're trying to do is transmute the energy upward into the spine. Right. Okay. Right. And so we're drawing, mm-hmm. instead of exploding the energy outward, we're drawing the energy up and in. And we start to look at some of the work. One of my teachers is Dr. Joe Dispenza. Mm-hmm. And he does all this work with moving the cerebral spinal fluid up the spine, yep. which is the physical manifestation of moving Kundalini energy up the spine. And Scorpio, because we go into the underworld and we like clean a bunch of stuff out and it's shamanism and alchemy and the occult and, <laughs> you know, it's all these things. It yeah. makes sense that it's in the cerebral spinal fluid then because by diving into like plunging into the depths of our secrets and the stuff that lives behind the curtain, we actually liberate so much, which becomes like a pathway of awakening. So, okay. All right. Well, that right? explains a lot, actually. Yeah. And now that I know that you're a Scorpio, I don't know if you heard me on the break. I was like, I love her. She's so cool. And now that I know you're a Scorpio, I get it more. Oh, sweet. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then we keep going to Sagittarius. And Sagittarius is the philosopher and it lives in the legs. And I just did this really deep dive into understanding this, because if you look at, oftentimes we see Sagittarius is represented by a centaur. So it's like a horse body with a, or sorry, yeah, horse body and legs with like a human torso and head. Mm -hmm. And so it's like this demigod that's part mythical and part human. And when you look at how the body is developing in utero, what happens is the nervous system is only from, you know, this, the brain and the spine, but Mm -hmm. when the legs develop, they started these as these two little buds that turn into fins and Mm -hmm. these buds actually take everything that's needed for the toe, the toes, all the joints and the length of the legs. And it also grabs a piece of the nervous system like a nerves. And Mm -hmm. as they bud out, it draws the nervous system down into the legs. Ooh. Right. And so, Uh yeah, it's so cool. And when we look at a Sagittarius as a, as an archetype, it's about truth seeking spirituality adventure. It's like, Hey, we've never done this before. Let's go this way. (laughs) You know? And oftentimes Sagittarius goes against the status quo, not as much Mm -hmm. as Aquarius, but a Sagittarius always wants to be different. You know, they're like, no, I'm Mm going to go live in Sweden instead of New York where I was born, or I'm going to, you know, my girlfriend, she's a quadruple Sagittarius. When the pandemic hit, she jumped Mm -hmm. on a plane and went to South Africa. (laughs) Oh my gosh. (laughs) Yeah. It's like the, (laughs) 
you know, she just like jumped in and she obviously had a safe place to go there, but it, Mm -hmm. it was laughable to me that that's what she would do. She would just go on this adventure and what do we need for our adventure, but our legs. Right. Yeah. Wow. Right. Uh huh. Yeah. And lots of times we'll see people with a lot of Sagittarius in their chart. They'll be runners or water skiers or skiers, or they do something that really involves their legs. Okay. Um, And if you look at, because Sagittarius also rules our belief systems, our belief systems then become the legs that we stand upon, you know, in a metaphorical way. True. So, mm -hmm. and then it, it often has to do with, um, uh, long distance travel <laughs> and different cultures and understanding that stuff. So, and just to draw another line, like I did with Libra and, and Aries, the mm-hmm. opposite of Sagittarius is Gemini and Gemini is the arms and Sagittarius is the legs. Okay. You see where there's this like connection. Uh-huh. And then we get to Capricorn and Capricorn are the knees, the bones, and the teeth. And, and Capricorn is all about structure and authority and responsibility and reputation and um, it's earth sign. So what's more earthy than our bones? You know, what provides yeah. more structure for us than our bones in our body? And, you know, Capricorn sits opposite of cancer. And so Capricorn creates the structure of the home that lets us be safe in order to have this more vulnerable experience. Okay. So, hmm. Yeah. And then if we carry on to Aquarius, I already mentioned that it's the circulatory system. It's also Mm -hmm. the nervous system. And it's also Mm -hmm. the, I think of it like the cardiovascular system, because it's how the nervous system, the circulatory system, and the um, respiratory system are working together and interacting. And if we look at Aquarius, it is the humanitarian. It's the only sign in the chart that's represented by an actual human. (laughs) Oh, and true. it's an, yeah and it's an air sign again and it's Saturn and Uranus and if you remember in the previous episode I talked about Uranus being that which has electricity running through mm-hmm. it or technology with electricity running through it and then what's that like the nervous system yeah <laughs> you know? exactly wow yeah and then the ner- and then the other thing that I find interesting about Aquarius is that Saturn rules both Capricorn and Aquarius mm-hmm. and Saturn in, in Capricorn is building the structure in the bones, but Saturn mm-hmm. and Uranus in Aquarius is actually now flowing the energy through that structure. The blood delivers all the building mechanisms for the whole entire body. And so it's the blood is the connector of the whole entire, well, one of many, but it's a mm-hmm. major connector of all yeah. the systems of the body. And so you can see how it's like how life thro- flows through system, which yeah. is, that's humanity. Uh-huh. And everything <laughs> yeah. else, you know, everything is always in flow. Yeah, exactly. And lots of people mistaken Aquarius for a water sign because the water bear, but it's actually air and it's fixed yeah. air. And, you know, the nervous system and our psychic abilities and all that stuff is transmitted through air and that's a whole nother system we look at like collective consciousness and how we have this shared group mind or this you know that there's also a system happening there that's connecting all of us so I always found that one really interesting cool and then we have Pisces and here we are at the feet again but Pisces is also um the lymphatic system and if you know the lymphatic system, it has a lot to do with our immune system, but it's mm-hmm. cleaning, you know, and it's very directional. The lymphatic system is one direction. 
And so what happens with our blood is it gets pumped out. Mm-hmm. I think it's, I might be wrong on this, but I think it's about 10% of our blood actually gets dropped out of the vein, out of the circulatory system. And it gets picked up into the lymphatic system and the Ooh. lymphatic system cleans it and infuses it with T cells and all the things, the immunity stuff. And then it brings it back to the heart and it dumps it back into the heart for recirculation again. And so it's one, yeah, it's one directional. It, it brings it from the extremities back to the heart. Mm-hmm. And then our feet, feet are what carry us in the direction we need to go. You yeah. Know? Well, and it's what we stand on. I mean, it's our connection to earth. It's also kind of that platform that we move on in the world. I mean, you can, without feet, there's really, it's hard to be mobile. Well, and Pisces is the most ethereal of all of the signs. It's the most mystical. It, it's the sign that merges. And so for Pisces, mm-hmm. it's actually so important that they have a relationship with their feet because they could easily lose that. Yeah, what an interesting juxtaposition too, that it's the most ethereal and yet the feet where it's grounded is the, is the part of the body that it's correlated with. Well, that's how Pisces actually gain their power is oh. by drawing the mystical into the human experience. Uh, well, this has been really fascinating. So, and all of these then work together, not just in our bodies, but in our lives as the flow of information as we move through the world um, as a as a whole being, but then also it seems with the astrological energies that are flowing through us as this you know this gestalt of energy that helps to support us and flow us as we move forward and and I love how you can't disconnect one thing from another. I think that's one of the things that we're finding now that you can't just take out a part of the body obviously and say oh that you know junk DNA, that's not important because now we're finding out what it's doing and you can't, take, you can't take out like, you know, well, we'll just remove astrology because that only, it's just some crazy idea that you can think about, but it actually flows through the body. It flows through the energy of the solar system and of earth and of the galaxy and all these things, like everything is totally connected. And I love how you've brought those two together in the body. Yeah, when I first started studying the body of astrology or medical astrology, the first book I picked up was um, by this woman named Judith Hill. And the first introduction said, way back when astrology was respected, a doctor had to understand the astrology Mm -hmm. in order to be a doctor. You couldn't graduate medical school if you didn't understand the astrology because it was it's so linked. And if you really get into it, you can look at like surgery dates that are better or not, or, you know, like there's a lot of things that you can do with this, but from the, where I like to keep it is how do we observe ourselves and experience ourselves through the lens of astrology mm-hmm. by listening to the body or, or, you know, really working with the different body parts in order to understand the astrology. You can look at it either way. Well, yeah. And as we move forward, we're going to start diving deeper into some of these things as we're moving through particular aspects of astrology. So I'm really excited to bring more of this out and to to learn more because this is a completely new field for me. So I'm excited for our upcoming conversations. So stay tuned and and keep um, coming back 
for more of, our, of uh, my conversations with Jenna. So in the meantime, though, is there any last little tidbits that you want to say before we close out this conversation? No, I think this is a really good little deep dive. And even though it's quite surface still, it was still a deep dive into understanding like a more holistic picture of what it is. So I'm I'm really grateful to have the place to chat about this stuff. Thank you. Oh, excellent. And so why don't you tell people how they can connect with you, reach you, follow you, that kind of thing, and then we will wrap up. Perfect. So basically everything is attuned to the moon. And if you look on Instagram, it's at attuned to the moon. My website is attuned to the moon.com. And on I don't really do Facebook, but we do have a page there. Okay. <laughs> um, and then you'll find there the attuned to the moon website is a, it has, it's a membership website where I give and share embodiment practices specifically to the astrology so that when you open it up, you'll only see the practices that help to attune you to today's astrology it's not an astrology site where it's like here's the prediction for the day mm -hmm. although that is brief it's more like hey do this practice and see how it's living inside your body so instead of me telling you what the astrology is for you i just am like a guide shining a light so that you can experience for yourself how the astrology is living in you yeah and i've done some of those practices when on your website and it's amazing because it really does feel like things are coming alive in, in you. And for me, I pro I'm a Scorpio, so I process things very deeply and mm -hmm. I don't necessarily process in my head. So I could feel the movements of those things in my body. And I knew that things were happening, even though I, it wasn't something that was an aha in my head. And, and so um, for me, allowing the body to access that kind of guidance and intelligence is actually much more helpful than trying to understand in my mind how something is working because there's always missing information or misinterpretation when you're using the mind to understand but the body knows and mm -hmm. so i love the way that you present that information to the body so the body can support you in what you're doing yeah and for people that don't have a relationship with their body of how to listen to their body, you don't have to. This is actually no. a teacher of that. And the practices that I share on there, all of them will meet you exactly where you are. You don't need any equipment at all. You don't need to know astrology. You don't even need to know anatomy, nothing. It's literally, most of them are lay down, close your eyes, press play and follow along. <laughs> <You know? laughs> exactly. So easy. Exactly. All yeah. right. Well, Jenna, thank you so much for sharing all of, well, not all of the, the very tippy tippy surface of all that you're bringing out. And I'm looking forward to continuing our conversation and um, exploring more deeply because I find this absolutely fascinating. Me too. Thank you so much for having me. This is your host, Christine Madeira. I hope you've enjoyed this conversation from the edge of consciousness. You can find all our conversations at conversationsfromtheedge.net. You'll also find links to schedule a private conversation with me or any of my friends, as well as tools to help you expand your own consciousness and explore what's possible for you outside the boundaries of your current perceptions. Feel free to use this podcast to start your own conversation by sharing it with friends, on social media, in your blog, or even in your own podcast. And as always, Live the adventure of pushing your own edge. It's the most amazing adventure there is.